With the call of the Chargers-Jaguars game in the AFC wildcard playoff, it's Ian Eagle of Westwood One and, yes, CBS Sports as well. I believe it's your 15th year on Westwood One Thursday night football. Is that right, Ian? Oh, man, JP. I don't know if I had looked up that number. I think you're right. That that sounds correct, but that's hard to believe. That's hard to wrap my brain around. This week, you were named the National Sports Media Association's 2022 National Sportscaster of the Year. First off, congratulations. That's a fantastic honor. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. The The best part of that is that it's voted on by your peers. So everyone that voted in this understands what it takes to put on a successful broadcast and the preparation and the collaboration so to me that separates it from any of the other awards and then the fact that the the actual weekend of it you get to see all of these people that are doing it from each state and we come together it's an open bar so that helps jp i think people get a little looser and it's just been a, a fun event to be a part of in previous years as uh, the winner in new york and to now have it happen on on a national level is uh, beyond anything that that i ever dreamed of well i'm uh, looking forward to celebrating with you i went for the first time last year so i plan on going um moving forward as well so um drinks on me how about that Ian? yeah I yeah was, well but sorry. no no but drinks, drinks on, on me them. first <laughs> drinks yes. on them i like that <laughs> good point <laughs> all right so here we are wildcard weekend and who would have thought this at three and seven after week 11 for the Jaguars? They were down four in the division. I don't remember many rallies all time to win a division like this. Maybe once in Jags history when they won the wild card in 96, they were down middle of that season. This doesn't happen. I mean, and this was the perfect storm for the Jaguars this season to win the AFC South. JP, only twice in NFL history, a team started two and six and made the playoffs. It happened recently. The Washington football team in 2020 did it, and the Cincinnati Bengals did it in 1970. That's it. You don't come back from two and six and make the postseason very often in the NFL. So it shows you a couple of things. One, the way that the NFL is designed, uh, I think parity stands out in this sport more than any of the four major sports because you can improve there are attributes to a team that can be changed year to year coaching culture obviously players draft there are ways to get better and that's the other part of the equation for the jaguars the one thing that does happen a lot in the nfl going from worst to first 18 of the last 20 years a team that finished last in their division then made the playoffs the next year. So not necessarily winning the division the next year like Jacksonville did, but having success. And now it, it bleeds over into why. Why did this happen? You're around the team so much, you understand how a coach can change the whole feel of an organization. And Doug Peterson did that. Uh, he brought a professionalism. He brought the right bedside manner. He brought a positivity. He brought accountability. And it was needed. They needed a different voice, and he provided it. Players, of course, Trevor Lawrence taking big steps year one to year two. There were moments, though, during this season where you thought he hadn't taken the necessary jump, that maybe there 
were things that they have to go back to the lab and revisit. But then when that cold streak ended, the hot streak really hit and you could see the command and the presence of a franchise quarterback. And that's what you look for. A guy that can lead, a guy that can do it on the field, uh, someone who's still young, but has grown as a leader off the field. And then all the other pieces falling into place to win the way they did last week against Tennessee defensively to get to the postseason, I think does wonders for this team that it wasn't all on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. In fact, the offense didn't do much, as we know, in the fourth quarter. They had minus one yards and still won the game. And that shows you that they're a complete team. And that's going to mean a lot moving forward, I think. Uh, Whatever happens in this game happens because L.A. has got their own set of storylines that they've got coming into this game, and they've got their own franchise quarterback. But... I like the vibe around Jacksonville uh, there. The last time they hosted a, a wild card game, did the game for Westwood won the Jacksonville Buffalo game back in 2017. And nobody expected much from that team. And we know what happened. They came within an eyelash of actually going to the Super Bowl. I had Eagle with us. Uh, you get a feeling though, this won't be a 10 to three final score. Like that game was uh, the, the way these offenses go, of course, the way these play callers get after it. So I, uh, Hey, the the head coaching comparison here, right? Doug Peterson's been in this thing before. He's won a Lombardi trophy. He's coached a bunch of playoff games. Brandon Staley has not. So when it comes down to it, these guys kind of look in the mirror. They go for it a bunch on fourth down. They roll the dice some. Is there something yep. to the experience of coaching and and calling plays in a big playoff moment that the Jaguars should have an edge? Yeah, most certainly. I I believe in that. I believe coaching goes a long way in this league and decision-making goes a long way and knowing your team and having a a real feel for what your team responds to. I think Brandon Staley is still working through that and figuring out that part of the equation. If you sit down with him, he's a very smart guy. He uh, obviously got himself to this point because his knowledge is there. It's impressive. And now it's a matter of experience. And the only way to get it is to be in it. And this is the first real taste for him in that position of playoff experience going against a guy that obviously pushed all the right buttons when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl and they did it with a backup quarterback with a QB that Jaguars fans are very familiar with in in Nick Foles, and everything broke the right way. Does it mean that every decision that Doug Peterson makes from here on out is applauded and correct and accurate? No. It just means that there's a reservoir of knowledge to lean on, and instinctually there are some things that you would check as putting in the trust column. And Brandon Staley just doesn't have that yet. Now, you win a game like this, that will go a long way in changing perception. And, hey, let's face it, you know, JP, you you follow all kinds of sports. You take the NHL playoffs as an example. You get a hot goalie in the NHL playoffs. That can take a team that was not expected to do much to unexpected heights. And I believe that in the NFL as well. Not to say that you always go out and win a Super Bowl if a QB is on a hot streak, but a quarterback can change the way the team team is viewed. Joe Burrow, for me, last year, the run that Cincinnati went on, that was him maturing, 
taking control and dominating at times, just having the right feel. I think back to the year the Ravens won it, not with their defense, but with Joe Flacco at the controls. That was the best stretch of football Joe Flacco ever played in his career. It happened to be in his contract year. He bet on himself. They win the Super Bowl. He was the guy that got it done. And we now remember the Ravens as a championship team. This is something that you do have to be concerned with when it comes to Herbert, because he's capable of doing that. He is that talented. He is that good. And he's one of those guys that could just go on a heater. And we might look back at this as the Chargers ruining the party for what we think is the big three in the AFC between Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Herbert is one of those types of players that could have something else in mind. Ian Eagle, Westwood One Sports has the call of the Chargers-Jaguars game, also, of course, on CBS throughout the season. All right, so you let's stay with the quarterbacks here, Herbert and Lawrence, this week. But every AFC team in the playoffs at the top of their quarterback depth chart has a first-round pick quarterback on it. Uh, there's two that aren't going to play this week, obviously, in, in Baltimore and Miami. Uh, and then in the NFC, there's only one first-round pick quarterback, and that's Daniel yeah. Jones. So, the, and they're all young. All these guys in the AFC are 29 or younger. I think Mahomes is the oldest one. So it feels like this is truly, pun intended, an arms race for a long time in the AFC. But uh, this Herbert Lawrence matchup, similar numbers this year, uh, similar completion percentage, same amount of touchdown passes. Herbert threw for a little more yardage, obviously. This is an early matchup of these two and it feels like this could be a, a playoff type meeting for a long time to come and then yeah, in the next rounds as, as you said with Allen and all the other guys and Burrow and and Mahomes this is going to be a decade's worth of of battles in the playoffs yeah and that's why you have to get it right when you have a, a high pick in the draft and there are quarterbacks on the board if you don't get it right, it can set your franchise back many years. The Jets are feeling this right now. The Chargers in Jacksonville are very confident in the picks that they made and the way that it's played out for three seasons in L.A.'s case, two seasons in Jacksonville's case. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we might look back on this game many, many years from now and say, oh, yeah, that was the first one because there have been multiple over the course of the next decade. And I expect it, barring obviously any kind of serious injury for these two guys, they are more of the classic quarterbacks compared to guys that run and take big hits. Lamar Jackson, the one that's sitting this one out, we saw it with Philadelphia and Carson Wentz. It was a big hit that, that sent him to IR and allowed Nick Foles to emerge as the guy in Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl. Andrew Luck, whose career came to a shocking halt because I think he got concerned about his life after football, after all of those big hits. These two guys are more of the classic QBs. Doesn't mean they won't run. We've seen it with Trevor Lawrence. He'll run if necessary, and he doesn't mind dishing out some punishment if need be. But, you know, the comparison is what, JP? It's always going to be the, the Brady and Manning incarnation and, and what came of that, uh, that first playoff meeting. And then the fact that those guys were winning championships regularly between the two of them. I, 
think that Trevor is really gifted and he looks the part. He acts the part. We just needed to see him play the part. And now we've seen it. No longer is in theater of the mind. We've seen it. With Herbert, man, it was the first game. Literally the first game he played in when he had to step in for Tyrod Taylor at the very last moment against Kansas City that we all saw, oh, whoa, that's that's what an NFL franchise quarterback is supposed to look like. Big, strong, ridiculous arm, composed. Uh, nothing seems to rattle him. He's the prototype for what we're looking for at that position. The rocket arm, all the physical tools. And... He's done everything that they hoped that he would do, and then some. You know, he didn't have all his weapons this year, and here we are again leading up to this game, not exactly sure what's going to happen with Mike Williams. So Herbert's dealt with it before, and he's just relentless in his pursuit of being the best guy doing this job in the NFL. Ian Eagle with us. Uh, final thoughts with you here, Ian. You know, it's been five years since the last Jags playoff run, but it feels like it's been about 15 with everything that's happened between 2017 and now for the Jaguars organization in the front office, coaching staffs, everything that's gone with that, draft picks. You know, is the league ready for the Jaguars to be good again? I, I don't think the Jaguars really care. I think this team is focused and, and they have a different drive and mentality to them, but yeah, it doesn't it hasn't happened in a while. I don't know if the league's ready for this. Yeah, it's interesting with how teams are perceived and portrayed. When I started doing the NFL for CBS in 1998, the Jaguars were one of the best teams in the AFC. So getting a Jacksonville game was a big deal to get Mark Brunel and to get Fred Taylor and Keenan McCardle and on and on and on and Baselli and that whole group. That was a treat. You knew you were going to get high-quality football, well-coached team and Tom Coughlin, and going down there was looked at as a plum assignment. And then obviously things changed a bit. There was a dip. But then we, we saw a little bit of a rise under Jack Del Rio, and David Garrard had a couple of good years, but it wasn't sustained. And then Jacksonville fell back into the abyss. And now... What we saw a few years ago was a blip on the screen with Blake Bortles and that one run that year. Not only did I do that that radio game that year, but I did the divisional game on TV against Pittsburgh where they shocked everybody, including the Steelers fans that were walking out of Heinz Field at the tight at the turn and and couldn't believe it. They were shocked, shocked that Jacksonville could do this. This iteration I don't think it's surprising people as much. I think there's now an expectation with the pairing of Lawrence and Peterson that this team can be good for a long time. Now, are they championship level good? That's a whole other conversation. But are they credible? And are they changing the way that they are viewed around the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, you win a playoff game, that adds to more credibility and belief in your team, but the steps are already taking place, that this team has a chance to stay at this level for a long time. Looking in their division, why not? They are ready. They've got the squad, and they're just going to add to it over the next few years. You're going to have to pay some guys. You're going to have to go through the salary cap 
like everybody else does in the NFL and make some good decisions and you still have to hit doubles and triples in the draft. But I just look at the pieces here and, and think to myself, Jacksonville's got a chance to be a mainstay and not just for a few years for an extended period of time. Sounds pretty good to me, I must say. Uh, Ian, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope it starts for the Jaguars and the Chargers today in the wild card round. Always appreciate it, Ian. Looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, me too, JP. All the best.